Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. As you know, I'm always in the field for the top talent, people doing things on the cutting edge, thinking differently, mindset, awesome health, relationship, business, finances. And so today I'm happy to welcome Deb Curtis, and she's going to talk to us all about Breaking free of limitations, barriers, unleashing your potential, and I'm happy to welcome Deb to the show. Welcome. Well, thank you, Chris. Um, I'm very happy to be here on this great day as we're uh, at the time of this episode approaching summertime. So, um, lots of picnics and fun happening out there. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, so we were. Uh, you know, we were talking backstage, we connected through Podmatch. Um, mm -hmm. Tell people how you got started, your backstory, and what you do now. Yeah, um, thank you. And my backstory uh, uh, is about 30 years of working um, in corporate America. Uh, I know, that's a big backstory, <laughs> wouldn't you agree? 30 years, my gosh. And, and to all of your listeners, you may think that seems like forever and it's not, it goes by really fast. So um, my first word of advice is make the best of your first 10 and, and take action on what your goals are because before you know it, that 30, that third decade, that 30th year will happen and, and you'll look back saying, well, wait a minute, I didn't get that done or I forgot to do this. So there's my first plug-in for inspiration. Um, 30 years goes quick. So jump on what your heart is telling you. Uh, my story, I came from a, a, just a troubled background, um, child abandonment at uh, age nine from my, my mom, long court battle over two years. And at age 11, my dad, he won custody of me. We just, we, my dad and I lived very frugal he worked two jobs. I had two other sisters and he still had to pay child support and alimony to my, my biological mom. We lived in a very small, tiny apartment, but close to my high school uh, as I was getting older and, and my middle school. So I could walk to school, thank goodness. So he never really had to worry about, you know, busing or dropping off or picking me up. So I was always looking to find love, even in school. So I just joined a lot of communities and was a very busy girl, just trying to find my way and rise above 
the hurt that I was going through in my family life. Uh, and then as I got older, I was still looking for love in all the wrong places. And my first marriage was an alcoholic, which I didn't know until the first year of our marriage that turned into a domestic abuse situation. And, um, my life was threatened three times and, uh, he was placed in, in, in jail twice. I'm the one that bailed him out. And through all of that, I didn't want anyone to know what was going on in my life because my very first corporate job of 30 years was in motion. And when I say that, did not have a college education because my dad couldn't afford it. And um, I had to prove myself back in those days, Chris, that I can do the job without a college education because it was hard someone to land a nice career without college education on the resume. So I had to build my way up. And I did um, while I was married to that um, destructive man who's no longer with us. He passed away from his habits. And uh, I kept a smile on my face and was a top performer for my first 18 years on my very first job in, in the 90s. Back then, corporate, different than what it is today. It and my dad always taught me be loyal to corporate back then because the benefits and 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 just they would take care of you was his message and you might you may know this story chris but that's the way it was you if you work somewhere for 15 20 years you felt safe you felt like you weren't going to lose your job because loyalty back then meant more than push, 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 more sales, more sales, top performer, top performer. It was loyalty and just being your average employee. But I always wanted to rise above. And during that 18 years, I wanted to get promoted to a branch manager, but I didn't have that college education on my resume. However, I proved to my supervisors that I can do the job without the college education. I had fire in the belly and I learned how to do the position without an education. And I was surpassing the men because it was a very male dominated industry. I was surpassing their numbers without that college education, but they still wouldn't promote me. And it was because I didn't have that education. And they told me back then, which they could, cause it was, wasn't as focused as it is today being a, a woman they did not want to promote a woman into the branch manager position well um i remain positively persistent and kept showing them that you're making a mistake here i i have a right to be a manager i'm surpassing everybody they put me on a probationary period to quote unquote try out the branch manager position without any kind of um pay increase of any sort. Well, that was a six month probationary period and I knocked it out of the park. You know, you tell someone that had a rough life and over overcame ad, uh, adversity from abandonment, domestic abuse. I might not have had a ch an education on my resume, but I'll tell you what, I had a lot of experience of overcoming adversity and I could make anything happen and I would show them that I can do this position. They promoted me, the six months surpassed, 
Then I was officially the first female branch manager of this finance company. And I paved the path for other women. I knew they did tell me though, that they could not pay me equally to the men that had the education on their resume. It was very public and you just accepted it. And I accepted it. So Chris, what was important to me was having that promotion on my resume because that was my ticket. So I thought to continue to climb the corporate ladder into other uh, positions uh, with banks and business banking and SBA lending. I still found a, a crutch in you know the 2000s, the early 2000s, trying to find a position that would earn me more income without that college education, no matter how much my resume was on fire as a top performer. That 30 years just continued to be a crutch for me as a woman and a top performer that didn't have a college education. And I, I worked in a very male dominated industry, business banking, SBA lending is very uh, driven a lot in corporate by white men, just because traditionally white men in America have always been the breadwinner. It is what it is. That's how we grew up um, in the 50s, 60s and 70s. The mom stayed home. But fast forward all these decades, times have changed and we're still struggling to create unity and diversity that men and women are equal and can do the position. And I would much rather hire somebody with fire in the belly that knows the job and will get the job done versus somebody that's you know, laid back and doesn't really wanna work hard, but has a college education. So that was the start of my career, which through the last 10 years, I was an SBA lender focusing primarily on change of business ownership finance transaction. And I'm speaking a little bit slower because I don't believe we as a country do a good enough job educating our communities in general that you can become a business owner of an established money-making business. There are over 11,000 baby boomers today per day that are retiring because we're all living longer. So 11,000 baby boomers per day are retiring. And out of those 11,000, many of those baby boomers, Chris, own small businesses and they're established for 20, 30 years and they're making money pretty much um, older marketing principles because, you know, these baby boomers, they don't they don't want to futz with a website or social media marketing. Right. <clears throat> so they're profitable with old ways of thinking and God bless them because they're they are profitable. And if somebody new and younger like you steps in to finance this business, think of what you can do to create efficiencies with technology and a website and social media, you know, without really disturbing the operations as is, just a little bit of tweaking can bring much more presence and revenue. <clears throat> so after 10 years of doing that, what did I notice a trend of the last 30 years? The typical applicant 
to purchase finance and establish money-making business is a white male corporate employee. The same trend is happening today as it happened with me 30 years of working in corporate. So now I'm outside of corporate and I am you know, helping individuals, I practice diversity, unity and diversity. I'll help men, I'll help women, I'll help people of color, I'll help anybody become a business owner through these transactions. But by golly, I have a passion and a heart to teach and mentor women and all of our minorities in this country. How do you become qualified to be a small business owner of these profitable companies. We have to. Uh, we have to level the playing field. So that's my passion today. And it will continue until the day I'm called home because I have three daughters and grandchildren and I want them to grow up in a country that has unity and diversity and an equal playing field for all. And there's my story. Wow. <laughs> yeah, fascinating. Um... Yeah, you touch on so much. Uh, like I said, you're uh, you're an innovator, you're a disruptor. Like I said, you know, you're you're talking about marginal, you know, equal opportunity. You know, you're talking about all the frustrations with, you know, just a big centralized bureaucracy. But I, you know, I love this idea. Of, and you talk about this idea of everybody's running scared, but the greatest opportunity is is now because you have um, you have all technology, you have. Um, or AI, blockchain, you have, you know, you have um, millennials, Gen Z, and then you have retiring, you know, baby boomers. And, uh, you know, it's it's going to be this huge, massive wealth transfer, just massive, just like trillions of dollars, just, and um, so, you know, like I said, you're at the forefront and you're advocating for, you know, marginalized communities, which is really interesting. Um, so, you know, we can talk about, so I love your ideas where you have this, um, this over idea you have silver lining conciliation against chaos and the half century towards forgiveness and i and i love that uh you know expand upon that who forgiveness ex expand upon forgiveness is that what you're looking for hmm. personally i've had to learn how to forgive and I'll, I'll just expand upon that first and foremost um when i was abandoned as a, a young child as you heard earlier it was my biological mom um my parents uh, got divorced when I was age nine. And part of the reason why my dad left her because she just, um, she was adopted, didn't really have a family, but made wrong choices and was into drugs and, and Valium was the drug of choice back then. Um, I think it was a painkiller and uh, she was involved in drinking and alcohol and was real <clears throat> threatening to me i was the youngest of three daughters my other two sisters they were already gone out of the house and um uh, she would have parties at the home um it was it turned into a drug home um neighbors would call the police and eventually she had to like get out of that house like go do her partying elsewhere but she would leave me behind and little by little she would stretch it she'd you know leave for a few days leaving me behind at you know, nine, 10 years old. And um, I just figured out how to walk to school and, and 
go have dinner with my friends at their home. Eventually over time, her one week turned into a month and, and then it just, she kept stretching it longer and longer, but I was threatened by her not to say anything um, to my family or anybody. And it's kind of the same story of what I did with my first marriage because she threatened me not to say anything. My first marriage to the alcoholic, he threatened me to kill me if I said something. So gosh, now, you know, you're almost making me have a revelation here. It's like, I was always taught to not say anything. And, uh, um, I'll get back to that, but I eventually had to forgive my mom COVID of 2020. Um, she never was a part of my life. Um, after my dad won custody, never attended school events, never attended my first marriage, second marriage, nothing. She just was so upset at me. She just abandoned me for 40 years of my life. And then when uh, March of 2020 came, reached out to me. She was living in an efficiency one bedroom, uh, another drug house, but this time she was uh, 76 years old and she's not partying anymore because Lord, I hope you're not partying still at 76 years of age. But she was in complete fear of the home she was staying in because people were um, dying from drug overdoses and now this pandemic was happening. Um, so I had to go rescue her and, and move her home with my family after a 40 year absence, a 40 year absence and forgiveness was taught. Um, I didn't, I could not forgive her for 40 years, but when I brought her back to my home, I had to forgive her and help turn her around. And six months later, we moved her into a senior apartment facility across town from us. It's clean. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful place. We, we take her shopping, we get her groceries, we take her to her appointments. She comes to our home. She visits my grandchildren. So we're reunited and the message here is forgiveness. But back to my aha moment that you created on this show was me trying to hide everything throughout my whole life that, you know, and I think a lot of us do that. We try to present this picture that everything is okay, but it's not okay. And I hit it. And so now today, because of my challenges personally and professionally and hiding everything that everything is fine, I want to be a voice of reason for you and others that that need help <laughs> you know whether it be to exit corporate and purchase finance a business or who knows maybe my story may touch somebody and i can help point them in the right direction if it's domestic abuse or abandonment or something like that um, now i'm not hiding anything which is ironic because i don't want anyone to ever go through what I did for 30, 40 years of hiding everything. So I'm your voice of reason to help you get it out in public. And, and just you having me as a guest, Chris, is part of my healing journey, if I may say. So thank you. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. I love this. Um, how, how can people contact you, follow you? Um, you're doing amazing work. Um, reach out to you. Um, yes. My website is debcurtis.com. It's as easy as that. Uh, and you're welcome to email me, which is deb at debcurtis. And all my social, all my social channels are on my website. And 
um, it, that's as easy as it gets. I knew I had to make it easy. Like it couldn't be difficult to, to get in touch with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For all the list audience out there, let's thank Deb for coming out to the show. Uh, really amazing stories. All of our resources will be in the links and show notes. And with that, thanks so much for coming out to the podcast. Thank you, Chris, for having me. listening if you liked it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week